0: Incoming transmission The Klingon word of the day is NAG.
1: These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise So this is a huge victory for the good guys Scotty, beam me up Resistance
0: is futile and Only go where no man has gone before. Greetings and welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian, Mr. Todd A. Davis. <coughs> Folks, Please welcome to the big show one half of Twin City Trekkies.
1: It's Wes! Yeah. Yes! <laughs> How you doing, Hi. man? I'm doing well, Todd. How are you?
0: I am very, very well, sir. I let's here. Here's the thing, right off the bat, I need to address something. First of all, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, I see that you are currently sitting on the bridge of the Enterprise. E is that is that the E? Yep. Nice, nice. However, you have committed a, a huge sin in that you are wearing that other franchise's merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. no. It's cool, man. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know. Uh, so let's let's take a look at that before we kind of dive into you know who you are. How do you feel about? uh star trek versus star wars that's kind of it's almost passe at this point and uh at this point and nobody really talks about the great battle between the two franchises and i think that's kind of a lot of people don't really i think a lot of people either a don't care or b are just fans of both uh where do you fall on that
1: i am one of those fans who actually enjoys both so uh yeah, yeah and yeah. i yeah, I, I I like both franchises. So yeah. yeah. It, 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 there, there should be no I mean, you can like both. It's it's not one or the other. It's not black and gray, a uh, black and white here. It's you can yeah. be sympathetic with each other. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Now what was uh what came first for you, Star Trek or Star Wars?
1: Star Trek did.
0: Really? Okay, all right, all right. So yeah, yes. and uh so how old were you?
1: Oh gosh, my parents are big Star Trek fans. So Uh, that's how I got to um, experience Star Trek. Nice. Yep. And my first name is after, after Wes Crusher in the next generation. Oh, nice.
0: Okay, cool. Cool. Um, So Mm -hmm. let's, Mm -hmm. let's take a step back. You are the host of Twin City Trekkies, as I mentioned. Um, So you are actually located in, um, is it St. Paul?
1: Minneapolis.
0: So you're in Minneapolis. Okay. The, the other one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the other one. Yeah, yeah the, other the other Twin
0: one. City. Yeah. yeah the other Twin City. Nice, nice. Uh so uh you host with uh with Kinzie, your your recording yep. partner? Is that right? Is it
1: yep. just just the two of you? Just the two of us. Yep. That's cool. Two That's
0: How did how did that come to be? Like how did you guys how did you guys meet, get up, uh, you know, get connected together and say, "I know, a podcast."
1: Well, <laughs> um I wanted to come I mean, I been podcasting on and off for at least the last um what gosh four years now oh, wow. um yeah I took a two year hiatus and I really don't want to get into that part but um why I'm, I took a year I took a two year hiatus but um I knew Kenzie from uh uh from for a long time I've known her for over 10 years at this point cool. and yeah and um and uh, she and I thought of like okay I want to come I want to do a I want to come back to podcasting. And I thought, okay, I want to do a Star Trek podcast and I want to do it with somebody. So and I thought about my friend Kenzie, uh yeah, who's also a, a big Star Trek fan like myself. Mm. So that was pretty much how it all came about. Um I was gonna come back. I was gonna do something about it. And then I just reached out to her and said, Hey, do you want to be my co-host? And she said, Yeah, I've never done it before, but I'm going to be on your show with you so nice
0: nice so let's uh let's go a little bit further back so you said your parents were big uh or big trekkies what uh i i mean it sounds like they're big tng kids if they named you after West crusher
1: uh actually they're actually they're tls fans oh, okay. TLS, they, All right. they, they, they started way back with tls so nice, yeah nice. i mean tng came on um about a year before they got married actually my parents did so oh, okay uh nice. yep yep what and was,
0: um so what was the uh do you i mean if it gosh if it was around you you know for, before you were even born do you have an earliest star trek memory
1: oh um Let's see here. I do remember um, watching some of the episodes with my with my parents when I was when I was a kid. Mm. Uh, I do remember. Um, my mother always tells me this, and I can mention it to you, Todd. Is yeah. that there were two shows on when I was a kid that I would sit down and watch. One was Barney, the other was Star Trek.
0: <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, so- yeah. I'm familiar with the purple dinosaur. Absolutely. <laughs> So I imagine at some point there may have been uh, a streak of teenage rebellion of, you know what, uh, that's mom and dad's thing. I'm going to do my own thing and uh, and find my own franchise and my own fandom. Uh, forget all this Star Trek nonsense. Was that ever a thought in your head or was it just Star Trek or bust like from the from the go.
1: It was Star Trek or bus for me. All my friends said Star Trek was stupid, but uh all the people I like, I hung out with, or then
0: they're not real friends.
1: because yeah. <laughs> because uh, Enterprise got canceled when I was in a freshman in high school, actually. Oh, okay. All yep. right. Cool. 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 Yep. And then and then we had no Star Trek until I was in college.
0: So yeah, because I've I've told the story a couple times. I think. Uh... 9-11 was my senior year and um, senior year of high school. And so, uh, you know, Star Trek or Enterprise started up about two weeks later. Um, but yeah, what was, your, what was your initial thoughts about Enterprise? Do you, do you recall?
1: Yeah, I do recall. I remember watching the pilot. I remember watching that. And then I fell out of it for about a year or so.
0: Did it just? Did it just not hit with you?
1: That, no, because I just I had other things to do. I was um, Enterprise came on when I was in sixth grade, so oh, I I man. had I was just starting middle school and um and stuff like that. I mean I had homework and other things going on in my life. Um, but then uh, yeah, and then I started watching again for a little bit in uh, for season two. I remember mm. watching the uh, Shockwave Part Two um then like minefield and dead stop and then i then i fell out of it again until i started reading the production reports on star when they were reporting it every week of like nice. what episode they're doing and um stuff like that and then i started watching it again because um i remember watching regeneration i do remember watching that the first time it aired so
0: Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. I think we actually covered I think we actually covered that episode with uh with Bonnie Gordon from uh from Prodigy. She was kind enough to come on and and talk about an episode of Enterprise uh that was a a, a sequel to a TNG movie. So that was that was that's a big feather in my cap. I don't I don't like to, you know, toot my own horn uh that much, but on that aspect I absolutely will you know do a little hurrah for that one
1: <laughs> you've had her uh, on the so, show wow i mean you've had yeah. your, your show i've been meaning to actually reach out to her and you know be on my on this show uh regarding twin cities trekkies i've been meaning to reach out to her because we follow each other on instagram yeah. so yeah uh, yeah because i've been meaning to like hey bonnie you want to come on twin cities trekkies sometime
0: <laughs> well she's uh she, yeah. she's very she's very nice Disney. she's very sweet
1: and very yeah
0: I yeah yeah and that's the yeah that's the thing is I've I've had some interactions with some other cast members and that's the one thing I will say is just they are working actors which means they are very very busy so (laughs) yeah I
1: mean I I've I mean I've seen her pictures on Instagram from uh like she was at comic con just last weekend oh yeah and she was uh, she was doing like an opening act for them the Friday night that it opened so oh yeah so yeah I,
0: she yeah she is she is constantly just moving and shaking making it happen uh that's yeah that's her thing um yeah, yeah I, I will i will say as as busy as uh as busy as they are as busy as she is specifically um just an absolute sweetheart just a such a wonderful kind warm person um so yeah uh, it's she's she's great and uh we had um we had Spencer Garrett on uh, to talk about uh, his career. We basically did a career retrospective with uh, with Spencer, and uh, he was, you know, very kind to answer my questions about his time on Next Gen for the Drumhead, and then um, he, he was on a two parter for uh, Voyager as well. Yep. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 an interesting community, and I I think the kindness, uh, you know when the franchise gets big you also kind of have to up your level of social uh social awareness uh, like your personal social awareness of like (laughs) oh this this is This is a fan and I have to, uh, you know, I have to make sure that I don't say anything that could be construed as mean, (laughs) (laughs) but at the the same time, like it, you know, it's, it's nothing to, to be nice to people. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, I think there's one of those videos floating around on Instagram or TikTok of like, you know, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. It was like, how much does it cost to be a jerk? (laughs) (laughs) it's free isn't it (laughs) okay yeah yeah
1: yeah that's true (laughs) yeah very much true
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so uh but uh you know when we get to these particular episodes of enterprise you know this is after the zindi war and we're dealing with uh some things going on with the vulcans and uh the the interactions that earth has had with vulcan have been i'll say shaky at best they've been kind of are the keeper the keepers of the keys to the to the galaxy if you will Mm -hmm. um what were your initial thoughts about this grouping of episodes um of enterprise
1: oh um well, I do remember this was this was a, a trilogy that was born out of the fact that fans were complaining about um, how the Vulcans and Enterprise were acting a little bit differently compared to the rest of the franchise at that point. and yeah. this was supposed yeah. to address that. I do remember all the fan hate. Yeah,
0: even today there's there, there still seems to be a lot of uh, animosity. Towards Enterprise, it's quelled over the years, but and I think the the folks that do love Enterprise are becoming more vocal about it. Yeah, but yeah, they're st- they're still. I, for a long time, I was talking with folks about uh you know Star Trek and their favorite uh, iteration of the franchise, and they would say um, things like, "Oh, Enterprise is the one that sucks," or uh, "That's <laughs> that that's the bad one." And I would always say, "Oh, so you've seen it?" And they go. Well, no. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> All right. So let's 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 maybe regroup and rephrase our thoughts. <laughs> but I mean, I I find that a lot with uh, I find that a lot with new Trek too. There's people who um just get so fired up in their hatred for new Trek, and I was okay. So what's bad? Well, I only saw the first two or three episodes of Discovery. I was like, hold on, you hate. Five different shows, having only seen three episodes of one show, <laughs> like that, that makes no sense at all. No, it doesn't. Um, doesn't
1: make
0: yeah, sense at all. Yeah, I mean, you know, not to stray too far from Enterprise, but uh you know, you know what, I I, I, won't, I won't do that. We'll save we'll save that for we'll save that for a little bit later. But these episodes of Enterprise, I, I'll be honest, these are I I thought these were a lot of fun because it really kind of showed. At this point in the chronology, we don't really have a lot of information about the Vulcans and who they are as a species, their history, and uh, everything that their species has gone through to get to, you know, the long road that they were on getting from there to here.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, So this was kind of an interesting look at that sort of thing. And I thought this was really great. But before we dive into too much more about the episodes... Let's get to this week's recap. Brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters Rev J, Jerry Antimano, Cosmic Crit, and Fred and Ren Sims.
1: (laughs) Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. UPN Friday on an all new Star Trek Enterprise. Welcome to Vulcan, a planet as strange as its people. (laughs) Karen, what if something goes wrong down there? It already has. When a treacherous journey begins. This is no place for your kind. The life of one of Starfleet's own will end.
0: DePaul! Captain Archer, all of Vulcan grieves with you today. A special three-part Star Trek event begins. Enterprise is ordered to Vulcan after 12 Vulcans and 31 humans die in the bombing of the United Earth Embassy, including Vice Admiral Forrest, who is killed saving the life of Ambassador Saval. <coughs> Archer meets with the head of the Vulcan High Command, Administrator Vlas, who concedes that the Serenites, a Vulcan faction, might have been responsible. This is possible since, although they claim peaceful tenets, they follow a corrupted form of the teachings of the Vulcan philosopher and father of Vulcan logic, Surak. Initial video and DNA evidence lead to a Vulcan named Tapau, a known Cyrenite. Koss arrives on board Enterprise to speak to his wife, T'Pau. Sucks! He gives her an IDIC pennant from her mother, who he explains is also a Cyrenite. Great! The pendant projects a map showing a path across a desert on Vulcan called The Forge, which Archer believes will lead them to both Tapau and Paul's mother. Topal and Archer leave the ship and begin to make the crossing following the map. They soon encounter another traveler, calling himself Erev, who assists but remains distrustful of them. A sandfire storm kills Erev, but before he dies, he forcefully performs a mind meld with Archer to transfer his katra. After burying him, a focused archer leads Paul directly to the concealed Takarath sanctuary, where they are quickly captured. Back on Enterprise, Doc Flox discovers that the DNA was planted. Tripp and he then examine security scans near a checkpoint in the embassy and single out a hooded man holding a suspicious package. Furthermore, they notice that the guard at the checkpoint seems to already know who the bomber is. Unfortunately, the guard is in a coma from the blast, and Archer and Topal are incommunicado. Though it violates standard Vulcan ethics, Doc Phlox and Tripp consider a mind meld, and Soval decides to perform it himself. To his surprise, he discovers that the suspect is Stell, a Vulcan investigator attached to Vlas. So Val then resolves to inform the high
1: command. And then... UPN Friday. Beneath the Vulcan Desert lies a treasure. Not of gold, but of mind. Open your heart and the way will become clear. Some have died to seek it. Vulcan is tearing itself apart. Some have killed to hide it. Drive Enterprise from orbit. He's going to start an interstellar war. And it's buried in the last place of Vulcan would look three-part Star Trek event.
0: Saval is summoned before Vlas and the High Council to face punishment over his use of a mind meld. Since the act is widely considered to be criminal by the Vulcan authorities, Saval is summarily dismissed from the ambassadorial service. Meanwhile. Archer and T'Pol are questioned by the Cyrenites. After a short while, T'Pol is taken to see her mother, T'Less and the two disagree about the tenets of the group. The Vulcan authorities call them extremists, a term Teleste disagrees with. Soon Archer begins to see visions of an old Vulcan, and the descendants determine that he had the Katra of Serac transferred into him via Mindmeld. meld. Vlas, now largely unopposed on the council, becomes increasingly obsessed with decisively ending the Cyrenite threat once and for all. He postpones his plans to bombard the encampment after delays in convincing Enterprise to leave orbit. He contacts Starfleet and the Admiralty give Trip direct orders, which he refuses to carry out. He attempts, with assistance from Saval, to send a space bus to the Forge, but they are intercepted by Vulcan patrol vessels. Vlas then finally orders Vulcan warships to directly engage Enterprise, and Saval suggests that they should retreat before they are severely damaged. A ritual is performed to transfer the Katra into the mind of Tapau, but the attempt fails. <coughs> Archer continues to see Surak, who informs him that he must find the relic known as the Kirshara. The Vulcan military begin to bombard the complex. Archer, Topal, and Tapau remain behind to search for the relic and Archer is able to use his knowledge to unlock a door to reveal it. As they exit, T'Pol finds her mother, but she soon dies after being seriously injured in the attack. (coughs) On Enterprise, Saval reveals that the Vulcans, despite the recent peace accord, are preparing a preemptive strike against the Andorians, and Trip orders an immediate course at maximum warp. And then... Set a course for Andoria UPM next Friday I don't suppose they'll let us just walk into the high command The only thing that stands between war and peace We shouldn't get involved We're already involved Between Vulcan and Andoria
1: Where is your fleet?
0: I'll turn the antenna from your skull Is the crew of Enterprise us between both fleets? We're in the crossfire The amazing conclusion of this Star Trek event It will be a disaster for both our worlds All new Star Trek Enterprise,
1: UPN next Friday at 8, 7 central.
0: Enterprise heads to Andoria after Saval informs them that the Vulcans believe that they have been developing Zindi weapon technology. Sucks! Saval guides Enterprise to a nebula where the Andorian fleet is hiding. Jeffrey Combs is dubious and abducts and tortures Saval. Great! After believing him, Enterprise joins a fleet of six Andorian ships to intercept the Vulcans. Tripp attempts to buy time by ordering Enterprise directly between the two fleets. This works for a while until Vlas orders them to be targeted as well. Meanwhile, at the forge, Archer, T'Pol, and T'Pau, having found the sacred Kirshara, which the Cyrenites believe will usher a Vulcan Enlightenment, endeavor to take it to the capital. En route, T'Pol and T'Pau discuss the taboo of mind melds, and T'Pau offers to mind meld with Tapal. She states the meld is safe when performed by those trained in the art, and that Pinar Syndrome is merely the byproduct of an improperly conducted meld. The trio are then attacked by Major Taloc and the Vulcan Commandos, and Tapal is captured while the others escape. She tells her captors that they are headed to Mount Selaea in order to mislead them from their true destination. She is then taken to the capital. Archer and Tapau also arrive after Tapau's husband Koss provides transporter security codes. They present the Kirshara to the high command and reveal that the embassy bombing was merely a pretext to weaken the pacifist Syranites prior to the Andorian strike. Visibly angered, Vlas lunges for the Kirshara, but is stunned by High Minister Kuvak, who orders the fleet to stand down. Enterprise returns to Vulcan, and Koss visits to release T'Pol from their marriage. Meanwhile, the Vulcan High Command is dissolved, granting Earth greater autonomy, and the Katra of Surak is transferred to a Vulcan High Priest. Vlas, relieved of his post, meets secretly with Talok, revealed to be a Romulan agent, who states that the reunification of their worlds is only a matter of time. So I don't know about you, but uh, I was getting some really heavy Indiana Jones vibes from these episodes with them, you know, going through the cave and Archer's got his torch and they're looking for the secret door to find the old stone and that sort of thing. Uh, Did this... Did this particular uh, grouping of uh, episodes uh, strike a chord and, you know, remind you of any particular thing? Or are you a big Indiana Jones fan? Do you like Indiana Jones? Oh,
1: I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. Um, I've actually seen all, all four movies and I'm looking forward to the fifth one next year. Uh, Ooh, okay. I, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm kind of, I mean, I, I, w- I will defend Crystal Skull to the day I die. Um, oh, because, okay. because I know a lot of people who saw that movie hated it I enjoyed it okay um,
0: oh so I th- I think we just planned out our after show discussion because <laughs> I would definitely like to get into it with you about about Indiana Jones and Crystal Skull <laughs> yeah
1: I was one of those people who was like I mean this I mean I, I love Indiana Jones I love all four movies I actually about three years ago had finished the I had never seen Temple the Temple of Doom from beginning to end. Oh, uh, okay. So right, so I on. had not seen that one because I was under the impression that that was the bad one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that
0: I, yeah, and I never understood why. Yeah, yeah,
1: I never. I mean, I watched it like three years ago, and I'm going like, what? This was good. What? Yeah. Why, why are you hate? Why are you? Why do fans hate this? And it's like, I mean, why do some? I know there's some people who said, oh, I don't like Temple of Doom. And it was like, come on! This was actually a pretty decent movie. Yes, it's dark, but yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah,
0: I think I think that's the I think that's the thing that should be noted about Temple of Doom as opposed to the other two in the original, at least the, in the original trilogy. I'll, I'll save a lot of my thoughts for Crystal Skull because <laughs> I, I do fall into the camp of I saw it, didn't like it, so haven't <laughs> revisited it. So, but I have like here more recently. Uh, there's been a couple things like in my perif like pointing me to, Hey, you should maybe revisit crystal skull. So I'm, I'm holding off as long as I can, but I know, I know a rewatch is right around the corner for me, but I, I, I think, you know, it should be noted that temple of doom is much darker. I think uh, Spielberg was going, Spielberg was going through a divorce at the
1: time. Yeah. I think he was. And, yeah.
0: And I think because the villains weren't the Nazis this time, um, and and it did it did have a different vibe to it for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, growing up as a kid, I loved the the hidden tr- you know rooms and the all the bugs and all the stuff like that. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is this is great. And for a long time, Temple of Doom was my absolute favorite. Now I think as I've gotten older, and uh, I've co- I I come from a l- religious background. I'm living here in greenville south carolina which is the you know unofficial buckle of the bible belt um but my father graduated from a prominent religious school i was raised in religious schools and you know sunday morning sunday evening wednesday night that sort of thing that was my life for (laughs) a long long time so i think that's that sort of thing you know influenced my enjoyment of stuff like uh raiders of the lost ark and uh last Crusade as yes. well yeah um but you know what as I've gotten older and you know the relationship dynamic has changed between me and my father, I think uh, last Crusade is holding a, a closer spot in my heart you know mm-hmm. just because of the just because of the whole father son relationship it's it, it you know guys my age I believe are kind of of the mind you know okay if we need to if we're not gonna tell anybody. But if we need to cry, we can put on field of dreams. We can have our good cry (laughs) and, and, and deal with our daddy issues. And and then we can get back to uh, roasting meats and tightening things under the hoods of our cars. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. Do, Do you have, so, so temple of doom is your current favorite what are your how do you rank the others the others in the franchise Uh, let's let's go ahead and just say how do you rank all four indiana jones films
1: last crusade temple of doom right uh uh, crystal skull raiders
0: raiders is last oh that's oh my okay
1: okay. (laughs) all right all right nerds get (laughs) them What well, is it uh, – so so what, put, what puts
0: Raiders at the bottom of the list for you?
1: Well, because, you know, I mean, granted, I saw it when I was actually a teenager, and I, you know, I thought it was okay. Maybe I need to rewatch it as more of an adult now, but mm. – but like, like like you said about Crystal Skull, maybe it deserves another rewatch. It, yeah, that's how I feel about Raiders actually, <laughs> because I actually saw it when I was in school. Actually, it was like a, like a movie in a in a in a classroom. So yeah, because they were talking about it was in my world history class when I was a sophomore in high school. So and we talked mm-hmm. about that the Crusades and stuff like that and. I remember they were talking about the Ark of the Covenant in that in that in that class. And they thought, OK, the teacher put up puts up uh, Raiders to have us watch. And, you know, and yeah, I think yeah. it deserves to rewatch now as an adult. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think to be honest, if uh, I mean, my two cents for what it's worth, uh, I'm only on uh, a fairly successful uh, movie history podcast as well. So but uh, I would consider I would consider a double feature. Of Raiders and then go right to Last Crusade because yeah. I think the I think the themes in uh, a lot of the stuff that they're doing in those movies will you know transfer you know from one to the other yeah and uh it is kind of it is kind of cool to see Indy at that point in his career uh, you know and then flashing forward a few years to him having to rescue his dad and sort of reconnecting and kind of bringing it all full circle yeah. Um, it's it, it's a lot of fun and I really enjoy I've, I've always kind of enjoyed that era of cinema and pop culture yep. uh you know I I don't want I don't want to get into like a, oh the good old days no no no, no. There's, you know not not necessarily <laughs> I just I like the I like the clothes I like the cars I like the music of that period and uh yeah that in Indiana Jones just kind of lends to that you know, super uh, male fantasy of an adventurer, and he's got the whip and the hat, and he gets the girl and saves the day and gets the treasure, and it's you know, it's 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 all the things that you did in the backyard as a kid. yes <laughs> just just on screen. That's 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 what it is.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> oh man, but yeah, this was kind of cool in terms to go back to Star Trek. <laughs> the reason we're the reason we're here. Uh, this is kind of fun to see that from the Vulcans, they actually had this guy who uh, was very much the enemy from within. So as things are going along, he's very much uh, antagonizing, uh, antagonizing earth while antagonizing the Andorians, hoping that they'll sort of turn on each other and that we'll get back to this point of uh, struggle. Like he didn't, he didn't observe the, uh, vulcan's prime uh driving force of peace and logic and you actually see especially in that last episode where um the guy from the high command and i've, I've forgotten his name at this point
1: Voss,
0: yes thank you he uh he gets so animated and stuff but nobody calls him out on losing on uh losing his stuff on on being illogical and acting emotionally uh, and I, I was really surprised at that. Have you ever, have you ever seen somebody do something like that? Where it's like, are you not seeing the the forest through the trees? Like, <laughs> uh, this was, this was really, it was really fascinating to me because it was just, it was so obvious and was so out there, but nobody said anything about it.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever encountered that personally, but I've seen it in other shows, not necessarily Star Trek, where like, the like the person loses their their, their marbles and pretty much latch yeah. out. Um, <laughs> and uh, like yeah, and I've never seen that. But I've well, he did okay. The actor who did it before, uh, Robert Foxworth, had done it before in Star Trek. He lost his marbles in DS Nine. Uh, oh really? Oh yeah, okay. He, cool, he, cool. he lost. I mean, he did a little bit of that, like flashing out, losing his marbles at Cisco. Um, oh, okay, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was saying that the whole thing that he was doing, that um, Admiral Aitken was doing, was over. So when Cisco points a phaser at him and says, "It's all over," and he screams, "It's not over!" It's like, <laughs> that was good. That yeah, was really good, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 he It's not the only time he's lashed out as a as his character. <laughs> but but see into the trees and like you know moving your marbles and lashing out. I think I've seen that in other shows, not not necessarily in Star Trek. I don't, mm. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I have seen it. So
0: yeah, yeah. It uh, the other thing that you know kind of stuck out to me was we get a little bit more of T'Pol's story and mm-hmm. seeing her relation. Her, we see her relating to everything going on with her culture and especially with her mother, played uh, by Joanna Cassidy. Here again. And I thought that she turned in a really great performance. Uh, Jolene Blalock did a wonderful job here because I think a lot of people forget she's still dealing with the after effects of heightened emotions from her Torellium D addiction. So her, her biochemistry in relationship to how she does or does not emote is a little it's a little dodgy it's a little sketchy here but i think you know her uh witnessing her mother's death and dealing with all the stuff from Siroc, um uh you know and that mythology coming to a head of who he really was what he was really doing what is his lasting legacy is bringing a lot of things to the surface for her and i think this is probably one of jolene Blalock's best performances in terms of character development, but also what we see from her as an actress on this show. Would you uh, would you agree?
1: Yes, I would, 100% on that, actually, because I think it's one of the most, uh, especially when she's, uh, when when Coles dies in the middle of this, of the middle of this trilogy, um, yeah, her emotional, you know, kind of like range as an actress does definitely show and yeah. and i yeah. and i would agree with with you 100% on that so
0: yeah and i i think you know especially this is i think you know it's no secret that a lot of the star trek shows have taken a while mm-hmm. to find their footing and when you take enterprise which season one and season two are very episodic in structure and then you get into season three which is the zindi war and so you've got this big overarching narrative of the zindi war now that we are past that and uh berman and braga have turned over show show running duties to manny koto and he's diving into these more expanded uh narratives within two or three episodes most of season four is in two and three episode chunks which is great uh because you're getting like expanded stories but still covering that time frame and that episode count that the that the network wanted most likely but uh in terms of everything going on behind the scenes there's always somebody to blame and so now we will uh get to our section that we've lovingly titled who do we blame (laughs) uh the forge was written by garfield reeves stevens and judith reeves stevens they're a husband and wife writing team from canada their first credit was season uh, season seven episode of cbs school break special It was titled maggie's secret Uh, then in 1992 to 93 they wrote three episodes of batman the animated series i don't know where you fall on batman as a franchise but i have a special special place in my heart uh (laughs) for for the dark knight and i have a special place on my body for uh, a batman tattoo that i'm not allowed to show people (laughs) anymore Um, do you, uh, do you, uh, do you get into Batman at all?
1: Not really. I wasn't very much in the comic books and comic book TV shows and stuff.
0: How dare you, sir. The King shall hear of this.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, that's, that's cool, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it,
0: you know, it was one of those things where I think it hit me at just the right time. I think, let's see, uh, 92 was when, uh, animated series came out. I think I was in. I think i was in like second or third grade i think i i mean i was in grade school so it was it was i was prime for that show although it was much darker than any version of batman uh animation at that point uh but yeah it was oh man it was such a good show with an amazing cast uh and even the, the rotating character actors and guest stars did such a great job. I absolutely love that series so much. Uh, but then uh, uh, Reeve Stevens uh, would go on. They would both go on to work on 18 episodes of Phantom 2040. Uh, that was another one that sort of flew under the radar for a lot of people. But I caught it and it was it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. Uh, but then this is their first work in the franchise. And then we have. Directing the episode, Michael Grossman, whose last work on the franchise was season three, episode 17, The Hatchery, which we discussed with comedian Mike Kaplan on episode 63.
1: Before before you move on, Todd, I just want to yeah. I just wanna make sure this was actually Judith and Garfield's Reeve Stevens' first official credit for Star Trek. They had yes. they had written the like um at that point they had been writing with William Shatner on novels. And and some of the nonfiction books, like um, I want to get my hands on their book for Star Trek phase two. Um, Oh, that
0: would be good. I I do
1: want to get there. I want to get a handle on. I want to get a copy of that book because they did an extensive research into that lost show. So,
0: man, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah. And I think they have like the original pilot script. In Thy Image, which became Star Trek, the motion picture. So in in that book, and I want to get my hands on it because I really want to, I actually want to read that and go like, okay, this is interesting. I want to read more. And I guess they had the story outlines for the 13 episodes that were going to be after the pilot as well. The story. Yeah. The story outlines, some of which, which became episodes of next gen. And also an episode of the web series, star Trek new Voyage, new voyages as well. Um, oh,
0: okay, the, cool. Yep. Yeah,
1: so, um, yeah, I just wanted to stop you right there before you moved on.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's great. I, uh, yeah. I've been wanting to, and I've, I've tinkered around with a couple of different things, uh, getting some scripts, uh, uh, you know, unproduced films and television episodes and actually, um, Retroing them into audio plays so that we can uh, do them basically as a bonus podcast episode Uh, between me and all my actor and comedian friends. I think we can cobble together. Uh, a decent uh, voice cast for sure. And then it's just up to me to insert the music and sound effects and do the editing.
1: <laughs> well, I know <laughs> so it's up to me
0: to do everything else. <laughs> well, I
1: know it's, I know a strange new pod had just done one, uh, a table read of a Voyager episode. So, oh, cool. Yeah, nice. it was the episode Bride of Chaotica, which was written by Brian nice. Fuller. So, yeah. yeah, they did that for their show. I know they did that. So, in the uh, Very I cool. think they did that last summer when we didn't have any Star Trek between um, the end of Discovery or Picard and then um. I think that was that and then the lower decks came back i don't know so
0: nice nice well uh guest stars for the forge we've got a couple of familiar faces uh gary graham of course returning as ambassador Saval, and then we've got michael riley burke appearing again as cost we saw him last in season four episode three home which we discussed with actor filmmaker matt jennings back on episode 71 uh, then we've got Michael Nuri as Arab, a.k.a. Syrian. Uh, his first credit was Goodbye Columbus. Back in 1969, he played Don Farber, which was uncredited. Then uh, we jump ahead to him doing nine episodes of The Curse of Dracula. He actually played Count Dracula. And then he made an appearance as Lieutenant Colonel Lewis in the 1990s. Captain America film which I actually really enjoyed. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's it's not it is certainly not up to the level of stuff that is coming out from Marvel these days, but it is a really fun uh take on the character, especially if you uh you know 1990. So we're coming out of the 80s, so it still has that very 80s vibe to it mm-hmm. i really enjoyed that film have you ever seen it
1: no i have not actually but i do think uh, of captain america did you know that jonathan Frakes used to play used to uh uh play him at like uh state fairs and stuff like that before he was on, on star trek yeah
0: get out of town that's awesome that's yeah, so that,
1: cool that was actually <laughs> one of his first jobs as an actor was doing that wow yeah. oh
0: man i'll have to see if i can find it there has to be a picture out there Oh, somewhere.
1: I'm sure there is. I, I'm sure there is. Oh. I, I'm sure there is. Because <laughs> I remember he's mentioned it a few times in interviews saying like, oh, I used to be Captain America. <laughs>
0: oh, nice. Nice. Well, then uh, Michael Norrie would also appear in Finding Forrester in 2000 as Dr. Spence. Uh, Finding Forrester is such a great movie starring Sean Connery. Of course. And maybe. then this is. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, this is his only appearance in the franchise. But after this, he would go on to star in Invincible in 2006 uh, with Mark Wahlberg, Greg Kinnear, and Elizabeth Banks. And then uh, most recent, uh, his most recent credit is two episodes of Paper Empire where he plays Geno. And then uh, we've got Mr. Vaughn Armstrong in his final appearance as Admi- Admiral Maxwell Forrest. Uh, the last time we saw him was season four, episode three, Home. Uh, again which we discussed with actor filmmaker Matt Jennings on episode 71 now it's not the last time we see him but this is his last appearance as Admiral Maxwell Forrest uh, Vaughn Armstrong we have sung his praises on this show uh, pretty much since the beginning since the pilot episode he's done some wonderful work uh, not only as Admiral Forrest but as a few other alien species and uh, he's, he's done a great job, a great job. Thank you so much for your work, sir. Uh, And Admiral Forrest Godspeed. We'll uh, hopefully we'll see you on the other side. Uh, So for awakenings, awakenings was written by Andre Bormanis. The last episode he wrote was season three, episode 23 countdown, which we discussed with sci-fi author, Dan McMillan on episode 68. This episode was directed by Roxanne Dawson, a.k.a. Balana Torres from Star Trek Voyager. And her last episode directing was season three, episode 21, E-squared, which we discussed with podcaster Drew Burris back on episode 66. This was her last episode of uh, Enterprise. And, uh, man, she did a fantastic job. She just knocked it out of the park every episode she got her hands on was really, really great. And uh, I can't wait to see uh, more stuff from her in the future on the franchise and uh, in other things as well. Uh, the guest stars, we've got a few more guest stars here. John Rubenstein uh, as minister Kuvak. Uh, his last appearance on the show was season one, episode 23 and fallen hero, which we discussed with comedian and therapist, queen momo back on episode 21 and then we have mr bruce gray as Sirach. um his first credit was five episodes of the serial back in 1963 and then he would go on to do 29 episodes of strange paradise 89 episodes of the edge of night and he would have guest starring roles on the incredible hulk Night rider happy days airwolf Uh, Then he did uh, some time on the soaps. He was in Days of Our Lives, Young and the Restless, General Hospital. Then he would go on to do 11 episodes of Captain Power and the Soldiers of Fortune, 1987 to 1988, as Dr. Stuart Power. And he would reprise his role in the 1991 TV movie, Captain Power, The Beginning. His first appearance in the franchise was actually Star Trek Deep Space Nine, The Circle, which was season two, episode two, 1993, where he plays Admiral Chicote, not Chicote, should be noted, uh, which actually debuted October 3rd, 1993. His very next appearance in the franchise was eight days later on Next Gen. So I thought this was really interesting that he played the same character on two different shows, uh, almost a week apart from each other, but it was he played. He was on Deep Space Nine first, and then uh, he was on season seven, episode four of Next Generation. It yep. was Gambit Part One. Yep, uh, I just thought that was really interesting. Anytime you see folks who have done time on multiple shows within the franchise, it's usually in a particular order. You know, TOS, Next Gen, Deep Space Nine, Voyager. That's kind of the sequence of events. Uh, as they debuted, but it was interesting to me that, uh, they were so close together and out of the normal order. And then we've got Kara Zedeker as to pow. Uh, she has had, uh, an interesting career. She did, um, a lot of, uh, the pretty girl type roles, but her first, uh, her first credit was 1992, the babe. Uh, she was just credited as a redhead, but the babe about uh, Babe Ruth starring John Goodman, it's such a fun. I, I love John Goodman. Uh, he's He's such a great actor and has such I'd listen to the man read a phone book, honestly. He's one of those types of guys. And uh, in fact, a friend of ours, a friend of the show, uh, Gary Horn, who works with the National Wrestling National Wrestling Alliance, got to write the intro for one of the pay-per-views and through so-and-so knew so so somebody else and they were actually able to get John Goodman to do the voiceover for that particular uh pay-per-view event so my buddy has this one thing of like I got to write lines for John Goodman I was like oh man that's awesome that's so great (laughs) that's awesome um yeah, and then Kara would go on to a bunch of guest starring roles on various shows, but then she would appear again in 2001 in Rockstar as Marcy. Rockstar, of course, starring Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Aniston. That's a great movie. Uh, this is her only appearance in the franchise so far. Uh, interestingly, the role of T'Pau in Enterprise had been previously played by Celia Lovsky in the TOS episode, season two, episode one, A Mock Time. And Zedeker portrayed the younger version of that character because the producers felt that she looked very similar to Lovsky. And so that's how she got cast uh, for this particular role. And then she would appear in Contagion in 2011. Uh, Contagion starring Matt Damon, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, and Gwyneth Paltrow. And her most recent credit is Season 1, Episode 3 of 61st Street. The episode titled Barefoot and Dangerous from earlier this year. And then once again we've got Joanna Cassidy. We talked about how much we love Joanna Cassidy from Blade Runner and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I was going uh, to mention
1: that. I was going to mention Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I that's actually one of my favorite movies is uh Who Framed Roger oh, yeah. Rabbit. Yeah, she's amazing in that movie. Dolores <laughs> <laughs> pretty much.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh we uh we discussed uh that episode home uh with uh actor filmmaker matt jennings back on episode 71 but after these final appearances on enterprise she would go on to do 21 episodes of six feet under she would go and star uh, co-star rather with uh with daniel lawrence whitney in larry the cable guy health inspector uh, she would also appear in Stay Cool in 2009 with Winona Ryder, Sean Astin, Hillary Duff, Josh Holloway, and John Cryer, and then uh, Carjacked in 2011 with Maria Bello and Stephen Dorff. She would do 14 episodes of Body of Proof, uh, 18 episodes of Call Me Fritz, and she had a role in Visions in two- 2015, starring Isla Fisher, Anson Mount, aka Captain Christopher Pike. Uh, Gillian Jacobs from Community. We love our community uh, our community folks. Uh, Eva Longoria and Jim Parsons. And then 21 episodes of Odd Mom Out from, t- from 2015 to 2017. And her most recent credit is Leverage Redemption, Season 1, Episode 11, The Jackal Job. And then uh, for Kirsharo, Kirsharo was w- written by Mike Sussman. His last writing on the show was season four, episode six, The Augments. And Kirsharo was directed by David Livingston, uh, whose last episode directing was season four, episode four, Borderland. And we discussed The Augments and Borderland uh, with comedian artist Andy Cummins back on episode 72. And guest stars really you can just sum it up with two words, Jeffrey Combs appearing once again as commander Shran. Uh, We love Jeffrey Combs, uh, you know, a God amongst character actors, uh, especially in the star Trek universe. But uh, his last appearance was season three, episode 24, zero hour, which we discussed with photographer and artist, John Paul Newton on episode 69. Nice. And uh, so let me ask you, Wes, We've been asking everybody as they come on for these episodes, The Forge, um, Awakening, and Kirshara, are these episodes essential viewing? If somebody is sitting down and watching Star Trek for the very first time, are these episodes that they can't miss, either for the narrative or in any other facet?
1: I think these are essential viewing because I believe it's not, I mean, this is like you said, Indiana Jones vibes, but the way that administrator, I mean, I get the messages, morals, meanings of star Trek as well. Cause I'm an adult now mm-hmm. rather than being a teenager kid. Um, right. Cause like, like I said before, enter this, the final season of enterprise happened when I was, um, a freshman in high school. And, um, fourth and final year of enterprise and i remember yeah. re- i i'm gonna backtrack i used to record all the episodes when i was growing up because i was I, especially the last season of enterprise because i had no idea that was going to be the end and i was like oh. oh i wanted to preserve them in case i wanted to watch them like when i was older you know yeah i used, oh, I, that's great. I used to do that so um but Um, so yes, these are essential viewing because I, now as an adult, I actually can see what they were trying to get at regarding the writers and everything we're we're trying to get at. Um, I know that there was inklings of the feelings of the Iraq war at the time that was going on at the time, especially, and, and definitely, uh, administrative laws and monitoring communications and stuff like that is very much a post nine eleven United States, um, like with the Patriot act and other things as well. Um, right, right. So, and, and, uh, the way that, um, preemptive strikes, I would think as well, because, uh, yes. yeah, and, yeah. And that was also, uh, uh, us foreign policy back in the early part of this, uh, 21st century. So, Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I do see that. Uh, yeah, So I agree. This is essential viewing. Um, for those reasons, uh, if you can, if you can, um, if you open a history book and you read about post 9-11, what happened to the United States after that, um, after the attack, and uh, you watch this trilogy, you go like, oh, I see similarities here between Voz and George W. Bush and, um, and the way the America, um, American foreign policy was. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a history buff. So um, yeah, it, yeah, Eric. yeah. So yeah, I consider these essential viewing episodes just for that nice. just for that reason. And also, if you're watching TOS first and then you're going back to Enterprise, and you see the differences in the in the Vulcans and how they act, you're asking yourself, why are they acting this this way? Well, this yeah. helps explains that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of, yeah, we always tend to focus on Starfleet's interaction with, you know, (laughs) Hey, what new race are we meeting this week type of thing? But it's silly to think that these races wouldn't interact with each other. So here we get to see, you know, and we've gotten glimpses throughout enterprise of the Vulcans and the Andorians sort of being at each other's throats, but it really comes to a head here
1: yes totally and i think it's becoming more like the conflict kind of ends here i think yeah so
0: yeah absolutely well uh thank you so much for joining us for uh you know this discussion any final thoughts before we uh get into the uh preview next week
1: uh i have uh no final thoughts other than the fact is that's uh yeah go watch it
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> next week we will be joined by our absolutely fabulous executive producer cat davis for enterprise season four episode 10 daedalus which of course is available exclusively on paramount plus wes do, do you have like a something that people could follow or listen or download and uh check out your work and thoughts about star trek or other things oh
1: yeah sure of course um, <laughs> I know this is like, <laughs> what a shameless plug, first of all. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you can, uh, it, I do twin cities, Trekkies, uh, and, uh, with my podcast partner, Kenzie, uh, and, uh, the two of us talk about anything related to star Trek. Um, it's pretty much a whole gamut of things. It's a where's Waldo. I always, I, I've told, um, Other podcasters recently, I've been on their shows. Is where's, uh, where's Waldo of Star Trek. Um, nice. So it's like I've done deemed shows. Um, I've done just normal uh, other things as well, just talking about anything from the original series all the way through Strange New Worlds and everything in between. Nice. Uh, because it's a vast franchise and we just talk about anything that comes to mind. Uh, I mean, I mean and stuff like that. Right now, I'm on a campaign. Jeez. Right now, I am on a campaign. I know that I've done this on my social media accounts. I mean, especially for Twin Cities Trekkies, especially on the Instagram account. I have been heavily per- trying to get the Orville renewed for a fourth season. So
0: Nice. Because, nice.
1: because this third season is by far the best science fiction I have ever seen um uh, yeah not i mean that's high
0: that's high praise it
1: is it's significantly high praise for the work that they did for three years because they had been filming it and then they had two covid delays uh and then comes back in june with this one home run after the other i mean and i've enjoyed watching every single episode this so far unfortunately it's ending next week Um with its 10th episode, but um, it's really quite sad because I really am hoping that Disney and Hulu and Seth MacFarlane and the cast can come together and make an agreement to do at least probably two more years. I'm hoping at least. Uh, But but I've been on a campaign to get it renewed. I, I am blasting everything like uh, saying so that that's one of my passion projects and stuff like that. Um, the other thing I'm trying to get, I'm trying, uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you're going to edit this out or not, um, but um, I'm also passionate about what's happened recently in this country um, mm-hmm. regarding Supreme court decisions. And, sure. uh, and um, I, I have it on the, on the Instagram page for twin cities, Trekkies, TC Trekkies pod on Instagram, go check it out. But um <laughs> I have a fundraiser going on. I haven't raised any money, but I'm raising money for Planned Parenthood. So, <laughs> so um, oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm doing. That's another passion project of mine and stuff like that. I'm trying to raise money for that. I mean, if I don't get any money, that's that's fine. At least I'm do, trying to do something. But
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, hit, hit every
0: hit, hit everybody one more time with that social media handle.
1: Of course, uh, it's Facebook. I have Facebook and Instagram only. Handle is TC Pod. T, C, Trekkies, Pod, all spelled out. Um, and um, you can find it pretty much instantly on either site and stuff like that. Available on every platform you can think of regarding podcasts. Because nice. podcasts. Uh, we use anchor.fm to host our show. So And it's free, a free site to use. Um, I always encourage people, if they want to start a podcast, go to use that site because it's free. So... <laughs> nice, so, nice. yes yeah, so it's free that's what I, they, they 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 when i post an episode it generally gets posted right away or like at least 2 or 3 hours afterward because i generally release episodes on wednesdays unfortunately i didn't do any in july because i was actually focused on something personal in my life i'm actually um, i'm getting a new job so i was more fo- oh, cool. focused on getting that which i officially got yesterday
0: hey congratulations (laughs) yeah i
1: mean i i mean i work now but i mean i just got a different job within my company and it pays more so uh that's what my goal was my goal was so i was more focused on that rather than other passion projects i got but i'm still very active on social media for the podcast i'm still fairly active so on it you know sweet yeah
0: and, and I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all of the socials. From all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you in 10 like, rate, review, and share on all your favorite platforms. Feel free to send us your subspace transmissions to Computer Resume Podcasts at gmail.com or at Computer Resume on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Computer Resume Podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Our logo was designed by Will Martin and Justin Bishop. The opening theme was produced by Justin Bishop and our outro music was provided with permission by Droneode. Additional music was provided by Mr. Todd A. Davis and Gary Horn and the voice of Computer Resume podcast and executive producer, me, Kat Davis. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Go on! through a star trek we're doing <laughs> star trek stuff in space we probably got some feasals and shuttle pods and we're gonna find a brand new race
1: Has that for a slice of fried gold